your Bibles out. We got a lot of Bible to look at today. We're going to look at John chapter 4. Get your Bibles out on the count of three. Say word. One, two, three. Word. Turn to John chapter 4. John chapter 4. John chapter 4. Um, in 1983, I was living here in San Diego playing for the San Diego Chargers, and I decided I wanted to drive home to New York, 3,000 miles away. And so I left our stadium here, my 280ZX, at 1 p.m. I remember this story, remember this very clearly. 1 p.m., I'm going to drive to New York by myself. I love driving. I love driving at night specifically. I just love just driving. It's... Uh, have my cassettes. I don't know. You, a lot of you might not know what a cassette is, but it's a little plastic, little box about that big, and it has a little tape in it, and it plays music. Had I probably had a 50 cassettes in my in my front seat, and I'm driving to New York all by myself, just me and my car. So I drove all night. Left at 1 p.m. here. Drove all night, and my car broke down in Amarillo, Texas, like you know, five in the morning, six in the morning, whatever it was. And I got there, and thank God I found a shop put it in the shop, went to a hotel, got a little nap, and they fixed it that day. I mean, it was a miracle. And then I drove all the way to New York in two and a half days. Another story. But when I got my car fixed, the reason I got my car fixed was so that I can use it. All throughout the Bible, Jesus heals people. Blind, mute, deaf, crippled, diseased, demon-possessed, dead people. He healed them, but he healed them for the purpose of using them as disciples, of deploying them as disciples. The reason that God saved your soul, the reason God is restoring your clarity about your life. Matter of fact, next week I'm going to be talking about your discipleship name. Ooh, next week I'm going to be talking about your discipleship name. And your discipleship name is going to give you clarity on your purpose. You've got to come next week. And next week we're going to have communion. So next week be prepared for your communion. But the reason God forgives you and gives you clarity, clarity data, second day to vita about your life, is so you can walk with him as a disciple. Today we're going to talk about the women disciples in Jesus' life, specifically the woman at the well, and more specifically how Jesus discipled her through a conversation. We're going to learn today that you can be a disciple. Part of being a disciple is simply ministering with the conversation, mentoring with an explanation, 
and multiplying through duplication. Ministering with a conversation, <laughs> mentoring with an explanation, and multiplying through duplication. Let me start at the end because Jesus had a three-year ministry. He dies, rises from the dead, and he ascends to heaven, and he tells his disciples, don't do anything until the Holy Spirit comes. And look what it says in Acts. Now, let me just read this real to Acts chapter 1, verse 12. It says, then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. And when they had entered, they went into the upper room where they were staying. And listen to who the disciples are. Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, Judas the son of James, and they all continue with one accord in prayer with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus and with his brothers. These were the disciples. Watch this. It wasn't like these were the disciples over here and then some ladies were there. These were all the disciples that God, Jesus had invested in that were going to take the gospel to the world. Let's not get caught up when we hear disciples. We just think of these 12 guys. They were women. We're going to talk about Paul. Next week we're going to talk about uh, your discipleship name, which is going to be very powerful. I'm so excited about that. But I want to talk about Jesus and women and how he, one of the things he healed when he was ministering was that he healed the view that culture should have about women. Because in Jesus' day, they looked at women as second-class citizens, outcasts. Number one, Jesus, unlike culture, viewed women as more than outcasts. Luke chapter 13, verse 10, there was a woman in the, in the synagogue and she had been crippled for 18 years. And Jesus heals her. He healed her. And he says, after 18 years, and he declared her a daughter of Abraham. Until that time, it was always a son of Abraham. It was always a guy thing. You never heard daughter of Abraham. But he said, no, no, no. Guess what? The women are in equal partnership with us just like the men. He changed language. Not only did he heal her on the Sabbath, but he said, she's part of the family as well. Jesus, unlike the religious men, looked at women in public. In those days, you, you shouldn't even have looked at a woman. We're going to see in a minute, they, they really came out of the house. But you wouldn't look at a woman, especially as a religious leader, you couldn't look at a woman in public. And there were a lot of guys who had scars on their head because they would close their eyes if they saw a woman and bang into stuff <laughs> walking around. And it says in, in Luke chapter 7, verse 39, as this woman was crying and wiping her feet with Jesus' hair, the Pharisees, the religious says, the religious leader said, this man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. Here's Jesus talking to this lady. Jesus, unlike other men, talk with women in public. John 4:27. We're gonna look at the story. He's talking to the woman at the, at the well. And at this point, his disciples came and they marveled that he talked with a woman, and yet no one said, what do you seek and why are you talking with her? We're going to see in a minute she was not only a woman, she was a woman of a Samaria, a Samaria which was, they hated the Jews and they, were, they had conflict. So Jesus is here talking to this woman in public. He said, listen, you guys may not do that, but I do that. This is Jesus healing what is broken in culture. Women were not to touch the scriptures, but yet Jesus allowed a woman to touch him 
the living scripture. Luke chapter 7, verse 39, when the Pharisee who had invited Jesus saw this, this woman crying and wiping his feet with her hair and her tears, said, this man, Jesus, if he were a real prophet, would know who and what manner of woman is touching him. We just read this. For she is a sinner. Well, if, in those days, if you were a religious man, you had to stay, especially a Pharisee, which is where Jesus was having dinner. Pharisee meant separated one. They wouldn't even go near sinners, much less have someone touch them because they felt like if I got touched by a sinner, I would be defiled. Well, here's Jesus allowing this woman who is a sinner touch him, cry on his feet, wipe his feet. Jesus says, I am, I'm not impacted by her uncleanness. My purity is going to purify her. This is the thing about God. You can't make God dirty. Your sins can't spoil God's holiness. His holiness covers your sin. Love covers a multitude of sin. God's love for you covers all your sin. Great news. Jesus, unlike other men, discussed theology openly with a woman. You wouldn't discuss theology openly with a woman. Luke chapter 10, verse 38 39. Now it happened as they entered a certain village, a certain woman named Martha welcomed them into her house. Mary and Martha were Lazarus' sisters. She had a sister called Mary who sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. As Jesus was ministering, here's Mary sitting at his feet. Jesus, unlike men, worshipped with women. Same story back when Jesus worshipped, when the lady's worshipping Jesus. She's not only worshipping with him, she's worshipping him in his presence. Do you see this woman? I entered your house. And this is Jesus saying to the Pharisee who is criticizing him. I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet. They walked around in sandals and dusty roads so that it was customary to bless your guests by washing their feet. You have gave me no water for my feet, but she washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore, I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she has loved much. For to whom little is forgiven the same loves little. People who don't think they have a lot of sin, they're not really appreciative of God because they're like, I'm good already. But people who are like, I am so sinful, end up loving God a whole lot because they're so appreciative. This woman worshipped him. She adored him. He let her touch him. They weren't outcasts to him. Nobody's an outcast. Nobody. But in this culture, the women were, cripples were, Non-Jews were, Gentiles were. Number seven, Jesus, like other men, was accompanied by women in public. Let, let me tell you something. You don't, you don't talk to a woman in public. You don't look at a woman in public in that, in that day. Jesus says, no, I'm going to talk to them. I'm going to let them touch me. I'm going to let them worship me. I'm going to minister with them. I'm going to explain stuff to them. I'm going to break all the rules. This is so cool about Jesus. Women rarely left the house even to shop unless they were, they were completely covered or with, and with the servant. It says, it came to pass. Afterward, that he went through every city and village preaching and bringing glad tidings of the kingdom of God. And the 12 disciples were with him and certain women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary Magdalene, out of whom 
came seven demons and Johanna, the wife of Achusa, Herod Stuart, and Susanna, and many others who provided for him from their substance. Not only was he going around preaching with his 12 disciples and these women and a woman who 12 demons were cast out of. People knew that, I'm sure. And, and, and they were supplying out of their own resources to provide for him. He's got his whole entourage. And entourage, his ministry team, men and women. And everybody knew these people were not religious people. That guy's a, those guys are fishermen. That guy was a tax collector. That lady was demon-possessed. This is his crew. Number eight, Jesus, unlike culture, empowered a woman's testimony. A woman could not testify in court. Her testimony was not valid. Guess who Jesus picked to share about his resurrection? A woman. Well, if you can't believe a woman in court, why would he pick a woman to be the first to tell me rose from the dead, the most important thing ever to happen? He broke them over. Matthew 28, the angel answered and said, do not be afraid for I know you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, he is risen. As he said, come see the place where the Lord lay. Go quickly and tell the, his disciples that he is risen. They weren't only disciples, it was just the 12, but there was, we already know there were other 70 disciples, the women were disciples. Tell them he is risen from the dead and indeed he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him, behold, I have told you. So Jesus broke the mold left and right and said, look, I'm, I want everybody felt, to feel welcome in my presence. Now, when it comes to us ministering and being disciples, we talked about minister, mentor, multiply. I want to encourage you in this one conversation he has in John chapter 4 with the woman at the well. And in this story, he does something very, very simple. He has a conversation. Now, what I want you to get out of this, ladies, I want you to be encouraged. God loves you. If anyone ever put in your head, you're not worthy of ministry, just get it out of your head. I think we're way beyond that, but I just wanted to highlight that. Because it's all throughout the Bible. But I also want to tell you this. All of us. Watch how he has this casual conversation with the woman at the well. And he takes this woman who is, in, who is part of a group that is at odds with the Jews. Considered half-breed. Considered rebellious. They wouldn't even walk through Samaria. They would go around Samaria because they just hated them. Jesus goes into Samaria, walking from Judea to Galilee, south to the, to the north, and he has to go through Samaria, and he stops at this well, and he has an encounter with a woman. She's a woman. He's going to talk theology. He's going to talk to her. He's going to look at her. He's going to do everything. He's going to break all the rules, and she's a Samaritan. He's like, what are you doing? He's like, I don't play by your rules. I don't, I, I'm not, I, I come from a whole, my kingdom is not of this earth. My kingdom is not of this earth. I don't, I don't do your rules. And I, as, I, as, I'm, as I'm sharing the story, I want you to think about two things. One, how casual it was that he spoke with her and how you can have those kind of conversations with people. And two, is there a group of people, a type of person, somebody who is of different ethnicity, someone who is different at socioeconomic level, someone who is a different political stripe than you, lifestyle than you, they feel like, I can't talk to them. Jesus, that's where, he, that's where Jesus would go. Matter of fact, he's in you wanting you to do that. And you're going, no, we got to squash that. Look what it says. In John chapter 4, verse 7, a woman of Samaria came to draw water. And Jesus said, give me a drink. Now understand, this Samaritans and the Jews did not have a relationship at all. In fact, the whole Samaria was a, was a, a, a counterfeit worship center. 
for the northern tribes than Jerusalem. They, they broke away from the Jerusalem as the center of God's uh, uh, worship center where the temple was going to be. They said, we're going to have our own worship center. We're going to have our own Baal worship and our own idol worship. And they broke away. And, and they were intermixed with the Assyrians. So they weren't fully ethnic Jews. And so there's a lot of animosity. So this is where he is. There's so many reasons why he should not be talking to this woman. And he said he has this conversation. Um, number one of you knows, minister with a conversation. I'm going to come back to that. It's so critical. Conversation. Not a confrontation. Conversation. The woman said, how is that you being a Jew ask me, a Samaritan woman, for a drink? She's acknowledging we're not supposed to be talking and you're a guy. For the Jews had no dealings with the Samaritans. That says right there in verse 9. Jesus said, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Jesus is ministering to her. They're just having a conversation. The woman said, sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where then do you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it as well as his sons and livestock? Jesus said, whoever drinks this water will thirst, but whoever drinks the water I give will never thirst, but the water I give will become in him a fountain of living water into everlasting life. The woman said, sir, give me this water that I may not thirst and come to draw near. Jesus said, call your husband. And the woman said, I have no husband. And Jesus said, you have said, well, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands. The one whom you're with now is not your husband. In that you spoke truly. Now, here's the thing. They're just having a conversation. There are so many people in your life, listen, listen, and I know this from experience. There are so many people in your life that just want to have a conversation about God. They just want you to talk. They don't want to hear a lecture. They don't want to, hear, they don't want to be scolded. They don't want to be speak, speak, spoken down to. They just want to have a conversation about God. Can you have a conversation with people? without having to prove yourself right. Just share the truth. I've had countless conversations about God. People, they want to learn, which brings me to my next point. Not only do you minister through a conversation, you mentor with an explanation. Help people understand. People want to learn. By the way, not everybody's going to agree with you. Everybody everyone who agrees with you doesn't agree with you. Your best friends don't always agree with you. Your mama, your father, your, your, your kids and your spouse don't agree with you. So just get over that. But still you can have a conversation and then explain. Look what it says. John chapter 4 verse 19. The woman said, sir, I perceive you are a prophet. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain and you Jews say that Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. Jesus said, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you neither on this mountain or in Jerusalem will worship the Father. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. He didn't say, y'all are wrong, we're right. He said, there's a whole nother level, sweetheart. There's a whole nother, I, I got to break it down for you, the real deal. It ain't going to be there, it ain't, it's, it's a whole nother level. He says, you worship what you don't know, we worship what we, we know we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. 
For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. And the woman said, I know that the Messiah is coming who is called to Christ, and when he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said, that's me. He's explaining. Have a conversation with someone this week. Share what you know. Be patient. If you don't know the answer to a question, write it down and say, I'll get back to you. This is so cool. I've done this a billion times. Let me get back to you. Great segue for another conversation and for you to get the right answer. This is part of discipleship. This can even happen with people who don't believe in God. You are moving them on their journey towards where they can actually do something for God. And look what happens. This Samaritan woman is sitting there. And, you, and by the way, you may be thinking, how is she a disciple? Watch this. She is going to go tell her friends in her town what she learned. Look what it says. Number three, multiply through duplication. First you had conversation, then you had explanation, now you have duplication. And all you got to do is go tell people what you heard. This, is, this really works, right? When I first got saved, I didn't know the Bible, hardly. I, was, I, was a, I mean, I knew I went to Catholic school, so I had a foundation. And then I learned some Bible. I learned some Bible and I had gone home to New York. I had got discipled out here, gone home to New York. And I went to a party with my friends, same friends I was partying with all my life growing up. And everyone's upstairs, you know, the party's upstairs in the loft area and people smoking weed, as what I did a jillion times. The whole room is just one big cloud. And I was like, I'm going downstairs. I went downstairs, sat at the table in the dining room there and just started talking about Jesus. I don't know how they all came down, but... Before I knew it, everybody that was upstairs was now downstairs surrounding this table, and I was sitting there talking about Jesus. I had no idea what I was doing, but it was cool. And I was like, huh. And everyone was just answering, asking questions, and then some people say, yeah, but what about this? And, and then other people saying, well, yeah, I believe that. And all of a sudden, we all had this incredible conversation about God. And even to this day, this is... 40 years, 35 years later, my friends still talk about that day. And all we were having was a conversation with explanation. And here I was duplicating what had been done for me. Look what happened. John chapter 4, verse 39. Many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word the woman testified. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him to stay with them. And he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word, his own word. And they said to the woman, now we believe not because of what you said. By the way, it started with what you said. For we ourselves have heard him and we know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. All she did, all she did did was share what she knew. And, and she didn't know a whole lot. Jesus could share from that conversation. And all these people 
came to Jesus. Not only physically did they come, spiritually they came. And they said, can you stay with us in Samaria? And we will believe you, a Jew, are the Savior simply because of a conversation, an explanation, and a duplication, but through another conversation. So here's my encouragement to you. First, ladies, be, be encouraged. God loves you. God's got a plan for your life. I, I know you already know that, but I just want to put an exclamation point in that. Number two, all of us, go share what you know with somebody. Stop overthinking. I got to know the whole Bible. You'll never, and I mean never, know the whole Bible. I know people who edit the Bible, literally edit the Bible. One of our board members, he edits the Bible. He doesn't know the whole Bible, and he edits the Bible. He, he's an expert in, in one section of it. Even that, he's always learning. So don't, don't overthink that. Just say, Lord, here's what I know. I just want to share this with somebody and let the Holy Spirit do a work in their heart. Hopefully you get that out of this message. And here's what I want to tell you. God loves you. And some of you have been being drawn to God. I want to accept Christ. I, I want to walk with God. And you don't know how. I'm going to tell you right now how. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart God raised you from the dead. And you'll be saved. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Simple prayer. And what God's going to do from this prayer is beyond any of our imaginations. But if you would like to give your life to God and say, I want to walk with you. I want to, I want to be like that woman at the well. I just want to start doing it. I want to be a disciple. Pray this prayer with me. Pray, dear God, I know you love me. I know you have a plan for my life. And I believe Jesus died and rose from the dead. Jesus, please forgive me. Come live in my heart. I want to be a disciple. I want to walk with you. Tell people about you. Help people have a relationship with you. I want to be obedient. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, text the word SAVE to 52525. We want to help you in your journey so God can use you in his kingdom the way he originally designed. Now, before I go, I want to tell you two things. Number one, next week we're going to be talking about your disciple name. Your mother gave you a name. Your father gave you a name. Your friends might have gave you a name. But God has another name for you. And I want you to begin thinking and praying about what is my name? What's my discipleship name? And number two, next week we're going to do communion. So make sure you have your bread, some juice, whatever, however you take communion at your house, at, at, at ready wherever you're at. And we're going to take communion. It's going to be awesome. And we're going to tie a bow on this series called The Disciple. God bless you. See you next week.